Suburban Eastern Australia, an environment that has, over time, evolved some extraordinarily unique groups of Homo sapiens. Despite the reputation of their homeland, some are remarkably thin-skinned. Some seem to have multiple lifespans. A few were once thought to be extinct in the region. Others have been observed being sacrificed by their own. But today, we observe a small tribe akin to a group of meerkats that gather together atop a small mound to watch, question, and discuss the current events of their city, their country, and their world at large. Let's listen keenly and observe this group fondly known as the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Well, hello there, dear listener. I'm Trevor, a.k.a. The Iron Fist. Um, it's the Iron Fist Velvet Glove podcast. It's just me. It's today, tonight, this week, and uh, I'm going to be talking to you about uh, more about what happened in our court case because now's the time to do it and to explain it in detail to you. Hopefully, we are also live streaming onto the Noosa Temple of Satan Facebook page, so hopefully there's a bunch of you there um, as well. Now, um, it's a little bit tricky because uh, I'm going to be commenting about what happened in the court case and Robin was accused of lying and in particular of perjury and he hasn't been charged yet. So if he'd been charged, definitely couldn't say anything, but he hasn't been charged yet. So it's open to me to talk about it and it's also open to me to talk about what happened in the case in the sense of what I would say if I was to appeal the decision. So... Um, tiptoeing through a few landmines with this one and for that reason we've decided to keep the chat um, off the screen and uh, you're welcome to make comments and Joe's in the tech room and he'll hopefully put some up on the screen uh, as he sees them but we're sort of vetting them because I'm just a little bit concerned whether people might make some comments about uh, the justice system or whatever that might be contempt of court so just trying to manage that and relax a bit as I take you through what happened. So, uh, so anyway, uh, let's 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 get into it. Um, so, if you are going to make comments, um, uh, just you know, don't say anything that could be potentially contempt of court. So, um, otherwise, I'm going to have to go back into Facebook and YouTube and get rid of these comments, and it's a whole lot of effort for us. So, keep them clean. All right. So. Um, many of you have been wondering what happened and we weren't able to talk about it immediately afterwards because at that point uh, the judge was going to be submitting stuff to the DPP. So here's the executive summary and then I'll go into the detail. But um, essentially Robin uh, has consistently said that he doesn't personally believe in a supernatural Satan and he's always been consistent about that. And the perjury allegation is that this is in contradiction to paragraph 10 of his affidavit and therefore paragraph 10 is a lie. But paragraph 10 does not refer to his personal belief. It refers to what the Noosa Temple of Satan intends to teach and promote in its religious instruction lessons and its chaplaincy work. So they are two different things. One is what does Robin personally believe 
And the other is, what does the chapel, uh, the temple intend to promote? And so it's entirely possible that those two things could be different. And that doesn't mean that you are uh, guilty of perjury. So that's the executive summary. And then I'm going to get into the detail and quote the words and all the rest of it to you. But um, that's, that's where we're heading. And that's essentially it. So, um, you know, Robin's got his own um, uh, independent legal advice now, as he needs to have for this. So um, he's not involved in the production of this. I'm not speaking on Robin's behalf. I'm not speaking on behalf of his lawyers. I'm speaking as the as the applicant in the matter, who's a an interested and observ- uh, an informed observer of what happened. So, you know, I'm not uh, in any sense. Um, uh, speaking on behalf of Robin on this, but I'm just going to paint a picture for you guys to to work out what's happened. So, um, and the reason, you know, one of the reasons why you need to understand is that this is now going to be an expensive exercise for Robin because um, hiring independent lawyers is costing a lot of money. He's already up for seven grand and there's going to be at least that again uh, in the next preliminary stage and possibly more after that. So we'll get into that as well. But um, could be calling on you for some help. So, um, so all right, let's um, get into into the sort of the longer version of of what's happened in the background. <clears throat> so, just to recap, Section seventy six of the Education General Provisions Act says that a a minister or a representative of a religious denomination or society can enter into our state schools and teach religious instruction to members of the denomination who choose to put their hand up for the lesson. And that's as of right. Principal can't stop them. And we decided that we would um, uh, make an applicant. We'd get some parents to change their enrolment to get their kids uh, enrolled as wanting our instruction and we would apply to the department to give that instruction. And that's what happened. And the department said, no, not going to let you in. Send us a letter um, and we ended up in the Supreme Court. So um, you've heard a lot of that already before. Uh, so we lost the case. Uh, basically the judge um, was uh, it was eight months after the hearing that we had the verdict delivered. And uh, essentially uh, what he said was that he didn't accept Robin's evidence and therefore as a result we, we weren't able, we didn't prove in our application the things that we needed to prove in order to be successful. So from my point of view as the applicant, I feel that the judge, with all due respect, has made a mistake in his assessment of Robin's evidence. And I was tempted to appeal um, on the grounds that, of that mistake. Unfortunately, there are other aspects to the case which make it a bit shaky. And if I was to appeal and lose on those other grounds, then um, I'd be in all sorts of trouble. So... <laughs> So even though I felt I had strong grounds to object to uh, how Robin's um, testimony had been assessed, the other 
problems with the case meant that it probably needed to err on the side of caution and not proceed with an appeal. So, um, so in terms of um, uh, perjury allegation here, um, a little bit of background is essential. The Church of Scientology case back in the 1980s where the Church of Scientology was looking to get a payroll tax exemption and the Victorian Supreme Court said the leadership are a sham. They don't believe in what they are preaching. They've made up this religion and, uh, and they don't believe in it. Now, that's the important part in terms of our case because it demonstrated that the Church of Scientology was entitled to these payroll tax exemptions as a religious institution, even though the court accepted that the leadership did not believe in what they were preaching. So from our point of view at the Noosa Temple of Satan, it's not a problem that Robin, and myself for that matter, don't believe in a supernatural Satan because there's a case in the books in the High Court that says it's not fatal to your case. So bear that in mind. There's no need for Robin to to try and dress up his beliefs as anything other than his honest belief. There's no reason that he needs to try and say anything that's untrue because the truth is fine, the truth is okay, it doesn't hurt the case. So, so bear that in mind. So um, basically... Uh, you have to look at the at the cross examination because the Queensland government's barrister during cross examination. Uh, I'm going to refer to the relevant section, and it's the argument that 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 the government's barrister made that the judges essentially adopted. And uh, I'm going to put a little bit up on the screen here now. This is um, this is from the transcript. And Joe, part of it's missing if you're able to change the formatting so I appear off to the side. I don't know. Um, uh, actually, I can do it. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. So this is on the screen an extract from the cross-examination transcript. And this is the government's barrister talking to Robin, who's in the witness box. And he says, What I'm suggesting to you is that what you stated in paragraph 10 of the affidavit that you swore on the 13th of May has no factual basis to it because the only two people who could possibly hold a belief relevant to the Noosa Temple of Satan are you and Mr Bell. And neither of you hold a belief deposed to in paragraph 10. So um, uh, it goes on. And so the statement in paragraph 10 of your affidavit is false. It goes on to say you cannot identify a single person who holds the belief that you deposed to in paragraph 10 of that affidavit. So um, so if we then go on to uh, have a look at paragraph 10 of Robin's affidavit, which says, now the supernatural belief of Satan that the temple aims to promote is the Satan of the Bible. In particular, it is the Satan as described in the book of Job. This is the supernatural spirit we will preach to our students in religious instruction classes and users of our chaplaincy services. So there's nothing in that paragraph that deposes to holding a belief. It is a statement of what the temple aims to promote. 
That's it. That is supposedly the lie. And I can tell you that that is what the temple was aiming to promote in its uh, lessons and its chaplaincy services. So, um, so that is the essence of the perjury charge. Um, there was uh, a couple of little, uh, and and basically, that was the cross examination, and um, and just to make it clear to you that that's really what the judge is is homing in on. Um, this is from the the uh, judgment where he says, um, uh, paragraph thirty seven. It was put to Mr Bristow that this was a false deposition, a proposition he attempted to deny, and that was a reference to the um, to the cross examination that I've just referred to. So, essentially, the uh, barrister for the government said, you've lied in paragraph 10 about a belief that you've deposed to. As I read paragraph 10, it doesn't depose to any belief. It says what the temple intends to do. And the judge has adopted that argument and said that that looks like perjury to him. So, uh, as I understand it, the advice is that uh, this should be no case to answer. And the judge has basically sent the transcript and the judgment off to the Department of Public, Public Prosecutions, the DPP, and they'll make an assessment as to whether to go ahead any further. And I understand that Robin's barrister will make submissions to them and say, hey, guys, you just read this and uh, this is not a case of perjury at all. So that's where we're standing at the moment. Uh, it seems like His Honour Justice Burns has sent the material off, most likely, and we're now, or well, Robin's waiting to hear further from the DPP. So, so um, hopefully it will be stopped at the DPP level. Hopefully the submissions that Robin's barrister makes will be convincing to the DPP. He'll say, yeah, not enough in this to warrant doing anything. Case closed. But, uh, you know, strange things have happened, haven't they? So we don't know. It may well head off to a court case and I'm very confident that a jury of 12 people uh, reading all this would come to a pretty quick conclusion in Robin's favour. But it's all pressure, time, stress and money uh, is what, you know, even if you win these things is the downside, isn't it? So um, so what I'm asking you to do, dear listener, is at this point if you are uh, watching at home or uh, head over to the org and you'll see a donate button and it's for PayPal and Click on that and donate some money to Robin because, uh, as I said, he's already spent, already been billed uh, over $7,000 and there's going to be more to come. And if you have been listening to what the temple's been doing, if you believe in what it's trying to achieve, then now is the time to show some genuine support. Um, By the way, when you click on that PayPal link, if you've never used PayPal before, um, it gives you two options. One of them is request money and one is to send money. 
Obviously, you don't want to request money from Robin. You want to send money, but you'd be surprised how many people press the wrong button. It's quite easy to do. So you want to send money, not request it. And if you don't like PayPal and you'd rather do a direct deposit, um, email me, trevor at ironfistvelvetglove.com.au and I'll send you Robin's um, bank account details. We didn't really want to publicise BSB and account numbers because people use that for identity theft and things like that. So so uh, email me directly if you would rather do a direct deposit rather than um, going through PayPal. Um, already we've had donations totaling $2,360 and these come from, so far, Brenton, Kevin, Petros, John W, Alexandra, Shannon, Ross, David, Camille, Playing Fair, Janelle, Landon Hardbottom was very generous, uh, Collectique, Belinda and Stella. So thank you to all of those people who've donated already. If I've missed any, I'm really sorry. Um, and actually, for those of you um, new to the podcast, uh, we used to get uh, regular voicemail messages from Landon Hardbottom uh, and Landon sent a message along with his donation. So I'm going to play that one for you now. Dear listener, this is your uncle Landon. Some of you may have heard the rumour that I donated to the Noosa Temple of Satan. Those rumours are true. Why did I choose to assist Brother Samuel Gorgeous and the Iron Fist? For a simple reason. Moriarty needs his homes. The Joker needs his Batman. The innocence of childhood needs the Catholic priesthood. So I implore you, look behind the cushions on your sofa, in the ashtray of your car, and other places that the peasantry keep their money. But here to tell you more eloquently than I can why you should give, is Cheryl. Well said, Cheryl. Dear listener, if that doesn't open your heart and your wallet, I don't know what else will. I implore you, go to the Noosa Temple of Satan website and give, give, Give. Thank you, Landon. Some of your finest work. Uh, you're a champion, Landon. Thank you very much. And Landon was indeed extremely generous. So you're a good fellow, Landon. Okay. So um, look, th- that is the nuts and bolts of of the of the perjury allegation. The allegation of falsehood was that was that there was a a deposition as to belief in paragraph 10 that was contradicted in the verbal testimony. And uh, there was no deposition as to belief in paragraph 10. And as I've already explained, there's no reason for Robin to to try and manufacture a different belief. It's just not necessary. So, um, all right. What I'm going to do now over the next little while is I'm going to just sort of recap about religious instruction lessons in Queensland and what we've learnt from the case and the things that came out um, during the course of it. And then um, maybe a little bit later, just remind you of all the things that Temple's been up to, so uh, to remind you why it's worth supporting. So, um, okay. 
These are the sorts of things I would be saying and have been saying in front of the media scrum outside the court as we've been battered around. So, um, all right. Uh, we can try this again in a couple of years' time. There's nothing to stop us from reorganising the Noosa Temple of Satan and trying to fix up some of the problems that have become apparent in terms of the case. So one of the problems was just in terms of membership, that we didn't have a strict membership register that we could point to people who were definitely paid up members. Another one was that the leadership team was perhaps not big enough uh, and there might have been more people needed in that sense. So, um, and then, you know, there's this confusion over the objectives of the temple and because they changed, there was confusion about that. So if that's all written in a uh, sort of rules of an association, of an incorporated association, we can overcome a lot of problems. So in my mind, the next step to do all this would be to form an incorporated association, have uh, proper office holders, have a proper membership register, have a proper uh, objectives and goals listed and and run it consistently for a couple of years and then basically do the same thing again. And uh, that um, could potentially work. It would also mean we would have a, a new plaintiff which would be the incorporated association, actually being the plaintiff in a case in a couple of years' time rather than me or Robin or some individual. So that is the plan I have bubbling away in the back of my head as as what could be done down the track because nothing in the case said that it was impossible for Satanists to um, conduct religious instruction lessons. It was just whether the Noosa Temple of Satan was a worthy enough organisation to do it. So it's it's clear from the legislation that a satanic group, if properly organised, could actually be entitled to run these lessons. So so that's uh, that's first point, I guess. Um, what we always knew from this uh, from these lessons, but it got highlighted during the course of of our activities was that, you know, people don't understand what's going on in these lessons. They think that it's religious education that's happening, but it's in fact religious indoctrination. These are Sunday school lessons that are being given by unqualified people, usually volunteer parents, and the nature of the lesson is often a Sunday school lesson that should be given at Sunday school. And I've told this story many times, but it's important for people to hear it and keep repeating it, is that uh, one of the kids whose enrolment was changed to say that uh, she wanted instruction from us uh, on the Sunshine Coast was actually accidentally put into a Christian religious instruction class. And during that class, the volunteer teacher was telling the kids, uh, basically teaching creationism, you know, God created the world in seven days and all that sort of stuff. And the satanic kid put up a hand and said, what about evolution? And the teacher said, don't worry about that, sweetie. We all come from God. So that is not an exceptional case. That sort of thing uh, is going on all the time. So uh, 
So not only the kids, so the kids who are not in the lesson, who are not signed up, are outside doing something else. They're in the library twiddling their thumbs. They might be picking up papers in the yard. They might be doing something. They're not allowed to learn substantive work. So their their learning has stopped and halted for an hour while this has gone on. But incredibly, the kids who are in the class, their learning's actually gone backwards because they've now been told, forget about evolution. So at some point, our education system is going to have to grab hold of these kids and explain to them actually what you were told in a government school during school time was wrong and evolution really is a thing and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to be spending time fixing up uh, misinformation that's been delivered uh, during these lessons. So, so yeah, so the kids not in the class, uh, their learning's halted. The kids in the class, they're going backwards. Contrast that to, say, um, music lessons. If you've got a kid who's in the school band going off for a music lesson, the class continues and the, that kid has to um, basically come back into the class and make it up in their own time at some point. So, um, you know, that's what should be happening uh you know, there's any number of options in terms of fixing this, you know, guess what? If the classes continued and kids kept learning maths and English and science while religion was going on, there wouldn't be any parents wanting their kids in the religion class, I can tell you now. What had happened in Victoria was they made the classes before and after school. Guess what? Nobody wanted to attend. So, uh, you know, when tested, these things are not seen as valuable. Um, so uh, so that's, you know, what's happening on the ground in the schoolroom. Um, uh, and, you know, we've had this interesting election that's just come up where, you know, people have voted in Brisbane, in a city, you know, suburbs, for, uh, for Greens candidates. And the reason for that was not just because of climate policy, but it was, it was because of just generally more progressive policies when it came to taxation and other things. People are wanting progressive policies. And the state government, I think, is looking at this, uh, the state Labor government, and they're worried about the Greens. I know um, in uh, the electorate that I'm in, that uh, Johnty Bush one, there was a good... Uh, showing by the Greens and based on what's happening in this, uh, what's happened in this federal election, another strong showing is possible. So Labor needs to start presenting some progressive credentials and I think at the next state election, the Greens candidate, well, the Greens candidate in the last election was in favour of getting rid of religious instruction lessons. And I'm sure the Greens generally in the upcoming election would be in favour of getting rid of these religious instruction lessons. So I think this is an opportunity where Labor should see what's happened in this case that I've been involved in and use it as an excuse to change the law and show some and get some brownie points in a progressive sense, some, prog- some progressive brownie points. Because even though you know, I lost, they can certainly say, look, things were revealed by the case that, that mean we need to do something and given the crowded curriculum, blah, 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 
we've decided to get rid of it. So one of the things, um, let me just see. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to it now. One of the things that the judge said in his uh, judgment was that this was a waste of everyone's time, this application and the resources. And again, <clears throat> I respectfully disagree. And um, there's a few reasons why. Um, you've got to remember, before the trial, uh, one of the you know, sort of um, steps along the way, I applied for a Section 49 costs order, which basically was that each side will bear their own costs, no matter who wins. And you only get that if you've got a test case, which is of some significant public interest, and if you've got a case of some merit where you might win. And the Queensland government consented to that costs order. So they basically admitted, yes, it is a test case of some significance. And while we don't think he's going to win, arguably he has some prospect. That's, that's the Queensland government saying that. So what we learnt from the, the judgment as well was uh, during the uh, – basically the – when we applied the – the government sent us a letter saying we're rejecting your application and we're rejecting it because you don't have enough members and your organisation was started in response to the religious discrimination bill. So it's sort of got political origins to, to the commencement of your organisation and there's no proof about, you know, what Satanists believe. Um, was essentially their three reasons. Now, nowhere in the application form does it ask you, does it ask you anything about those three things. It doesn't ask you how many members you've got. It doesn't ask what people believe. And it doesn't ask you what your origin story is of your religion. It's, you're not given any reason, opportunity. You're not asked to address those things in the application form. So to then knock your application back on matters that you were not asked to address is quite extraordinary. And normally that's considered a breach of uh, – uh, makes the decision uh, subject to judicial review because normally when office holders in government um, bureaucracies make decisions about whether to approve or not approve people for things, they have to give reasons and they have to give people opportunity to respond to legitimate inquiries about their activities. So none of that happened here. So I was actually really super confident that I was going to win on just judicial review where the judge would be saying, sending it back to the decision maker and saying, you just can't do that. You've got to come up with uh, reasons um, and there could have been other reasons they could have used, but I was super confident I was going to win on that basis. And you know, a number of a number of barristers agreed and were like, "This is clearly a really strong case where you can win on judicial review." And the judge in this case said that um, judicial review does not apply to Section seventy six. So essentially, 
the government can refuse any organisation that applies under Section 76 and give no reasons, or give reasons where people have had no opportunity to address the criteria that they're talking about. I mean, that's quite extraordinary. So when Justice Byrne says, you know, this was a waste of everybody's time, with respect, I disagree, because discovering that Section 76 means that nobody can object uh, when the Queensland government simply says no and either gives reasons that you haven't addressed or doesn't give any reasons at all, that's quite an important thing to learn. And really that alone means the government needs to change Section 76. You just can't have um, power being withheld without reason. That's not how our society should be working. So, um, so really, Section 76 needs to be rewritten, if you, even if you're going to keep it, even if you're determined that religious instruction lessons have to continue in this state for some reason. You've got to at least put in a process where people know what's expected and know what to follow and are given proper reasons if they're rejected. So, so that's a big thing to come out of this and... That's the one that the government can, you know, again say we need to do something about Section 76. It's a mess. This court case decided it was not subject to judicial review. These crazy Satanists could come back in two years anyway uh, for all these reasons. We need – we've lost too much time to COVID. We've got to catch up, blah, blah, blah. People can do this in Sunday school. So sorry, religious lobby, but we've just got to move on with the times. Like they can do that. It's possible if they want to. So um, <clears throat> the other thing we learned from this was, you know, I described to you earlier that, um, that, you know, many people consider the religious instruction lessons to be a waste of time for the kids who are not in the religious instruction class. And what we learned from the case is that the government thinks the same because during the cross-examination of Robin, the, uh, the counsel for the Queensland government um, was basically making the point to uh, Robin that um, by, by conducting satanic religious instruction lessons, we would be wasting the time of the kids who are not in the satanic religious instruction class. And during the, uh, during the cross-examination, I'll quote from it here, uh, as he was um, cross-examining Robin, um, the uh, Solicitor General, Sandy Thompson QC, said, part of the purpose was that if you could succeed in having a principal agree to the Noosa Temple of Satan giving religious tuition, other school children would have to waste their time doing something else while these events occurred. Isn't that right? So there you go. It's not just us who thinks it's a waste of time. It's the Queensland government themselves. So there you go. I mean, that's what we that's what has sort of come out from this from this case. During it, um, we did a right to information request, and uh, it turned out that the education department and the minister's office had generated two thousand five hundred documents. From um, uh, that were revealed in right to information, Joe. I don't know if you can put that one up um, about uh, 
let me see if I can find it here. So one of the documents that came up was about um, uh, the government's options looking forward. They're sort of strategizing, and um, that's the document on the screen there. The left-hand column, number one, was what would happen if the group is not recognised as a religious denominational society. And then the, uh, the second, third and fourth columns were what would happen if the group is recognised as a religious denominational society. And one of the options disclosed that they were considering was that even if we were found to be a religious denominational society, one of the options was that schools would be directed to not approve requests from our group to establish religious instruction. So um, now underneath that, it recognised that this was inconsistent with the Act and it was potential breach of the Human Rights Act and there would be public outcry, blah, 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 and media attention. But, you know, that was, that was one of the options that was actually considered by the government if we, were, if we did win the case was, well, what would happen if we just told them they still couldn't come in? So <clears throat> that was interesting. Um, so <clears throat> um, what else can we say about uh, Section 76? I think, um, you know, I'd actually really enjoy giving us a religious instruction lesson as we've... Um, got deeper and deeper into this and I've considered what I would teach. I'm convinced that I could give the best religious instruction lesson seen in a Queensland school in the history of the program. Um, I love the story of the Book of Job. I would love explaining that to children and, and really um, talking to them about who are the good guys and who's the bad guy in this and... And also then, you know, going on to talk about, um, uh, you know, if you read the Bible carefully, essentially Satan is sort of like a minister for justice for God in that he's vetting people and making sure that they're worthy for God. He is the accuser, the adversary. And and really, um, uh, and then and just going into things like, um, you know, who wrote the Gospels, when were they written, I mean, if kids are going to um, understand and adopt something, they need to know the ins and outs of it. So this is kind of consistent with the Jewish faith because um, Jews are quite, you know, when, when a non-Jew, a Gentile, marries a Jew, um, they often say to them, you know, you don't have to become a Jew. It's not for everybody. You, you know, maybe you don't want to. It's a bit hard. Like they're not actually... They're not like the other religions where they are um, really keen on, on dragging people in at all costs. They really say to them, um, this may not be for you. Uh, they're quite sort of laid back in their, in their proselytising. So anyway, um, you know, it, I, I, it would be a fun lesson. I would have a lot of time, uh, a lot of fun doing it, and it would be very interesting. And that's part of the problem. Like people think, oh, like... People think, people have no idea actually what we intended to teach in these lessons. They just assumed we were going to be pouring chicken blood on the floorboards and drawing pentagrams or promoting evil, satanic, you know, rape and murder 
practices or had no idea what we would actually teach and just assuming the worst. And that's part of the frustration of this whole thing um, is that uh, is, is it actually could be a really valuable lesson, best lesson they'd ever get. And, and the other, you know, people still talk about scary Satanists and what, what, um, what they might get up to in religious instruction classes. And, and the scary part is, genuinely the scary part is, that, um, uh, and that would frighten Christians the most, is that the satanic kids will know the Bible better than the Christian kids and will no doubt share their expertise in lunchtime discussions uh, and many Christian students could lose their faith. That, that is the scary part if um, Satanists are allowed to teach in schools. So in any event, um, I just think there's an opportunity now for the government to say the section is, is fraught with problems. There is teaching going on there that shouldn't be going on. The curriculum is crowded. We need more time. We can't actually construct a new section that we can guarantee will keep Satanists out forever. So let's just get rid of the section. And if you're not prepared to do it, Labor government, I reckon the Greens will, and I reckon it'll cost you some votes. So, so there we go. That's, uh, that's section 76 and the religious instruction in a nutshell. I will interrupt the next section to say... Please go on to the Noosa Temple of Satan dot org and um, and click on the link for the PayPal donation. You want to send money, not request money. And uh, if you don't want to do it through PayPal, email me and I will send you Robin's uh, BSB and account details, and you can send money to him that way. Um, uh, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money, and um, if you enjoy or you appreciate what we've been doing over the years, then um, then um, now's the time to really show your support. Okay. Um, now, what else did I want to say um, uh, about just general activities that we've been up to that um, – I'm just going to find my right section here um, – Bear with me one second, or I'll just have to do it off the top of my head, which will probably be how we're going to do this. I thought I could find it. Okay. For those of you who are – so now I'm just going to give a little bit of history of the things that the temple's been doing over the last three years. So um, just some of the stuff to give you an idea and of where we could be heading in the future. So – and really some of the obvious persecution that we've faced – uh, in our activities, I mean, Martin Isles and the uh, ACL and, you know, people claim to be persecuted. They have no idea what persecution is as a religious group. We could tell you what genuine persecution is, but um, the classic examples would be where, you know, we hired the J at the Noosa Civic Centre to conduct a black mass ceremony in October uh, 2020. It all went fine. It was COVID controlled. We couldn't have as many people in there as we wanted to, but, you know, paid the fee, left the room neat and tidy. The following year, tried to, um, again, book the room, 
And the council said, no, sorry, can't let you in. Basically because last time you guys were here, our staff got so many abusive phone calls from Christian groups complaining that we let you in that it's become a workplace health and safety issue for our staff, the stress they are under fielding phone calls from Christians. Therefore, sorry, can't let you in. This is in the Noosa Civic Centre, public building, regularly you know, hired out. In fact, the room next door or the same room, I'm not sure, every Sunday is, is hired out to a Hillsong group who get to use the facility every Sunday and we're not allowed to use it once a year because of the reason I just told you. If you're not outraged by that, just stop listening and go away. Like, please, if you are outraged, help us out. Help Robin out in this time of need. I mean, that it's bizarre, isn't it? So anyway, the last time we did a, uh, a Black Mass, we ended up having a street march protest where we marched up and down Hastings Street and um, conducted our Black Mass ceremony on the street. It was a great evening. Probably do it that way again. Uh, other things, uh, Robin was ill, Sunshine Coast Hospital. There was a, a prayer and chapel room that he found that was festooned with uh, Christian paraphernalia. It was meant to be a multi-faith place. In fact, it was taken over by the local uh, Christian nun, I believe. Anyway, Robin sort of uh, said, well, we want to put satanic material there and there was a big hullabaloo and, and in the end a lot of the Christian material was removed so it was a pretty empty multi-faith chapel. While he was in hospital, uh, when you enrol, uh, dear listener, I don't know when the last time you were admitted to hospital, but uh, one of the standard procedures is normally they'll ask you, what religion are you? And um, Robin was asked what religion he is and said Satanist. And sure enough, Scroll down and uh, Satanist was one of the options on the enrolment, uh, electronic enrolment for the Sunshine Coast University Hospital. Now, so they've got that information and while he was in hospital and a fairly serious uh, health problem, lying in his bed, the, uh, the, the chaplain uh, walks into his room to his bedside and, and, and you know, offers counselling. And what we've discovered is that the Sunshine Coast University Hospital has a practice that they call rejection at the bedside, which means that the chaplain, Christian in this case, has a licence to walk not only the corridors of the hospital, but also the rooms of the hospital, walk up to people's bedside, offer Christian counselling. And it is then up to the patient, the vulnerable patient, who's in hospital for a reason, to reject that person and say, I don't want you, no thanks, go. How is this possible in this, in this day? Now, you know, people might think, oh, what's wrong with that? Well, imagine that you've... You're one of the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who have been poorly treated at the hands of Christian institutions during your childhood or your adulthood for that matter. People who have been sexually abused, mentally abused, physically abused, 
emotionally abused in religious organisations and in your vulnerable moment when you're in bed and possibly unable to uh, defend yourself, uh, imagine somebody with a cross and Christian paraphernalia beside your bed offering to, you know, counselling to you. That should not happen. I mean, that's obviously potentially triggering and distressful for people. And um, so really for some people to point this out to them, it really needs them to say, well, what if a satanic person came in and could wander the corridors and the rooms of a hospital and walk up to people at their bedside and say, now, hi, I'm Joe Blow from the Noosa Temple of Satan. Would you like some satanic chaplaincy advice at this moment? How would that go down? So that's how people, sometimes is the only way people can see the the privilege that is being extended to Christian groups is when you can demonstrate, well, what if it wasn't your group and some other group who you don't like? And maybe that's how people feel about your Christian group. So so that's a big one. Um, it's a tricky one because... Uh, in order to become a chaplain, you have to go through a, uh, a course, fairly extensive, and it seemed like all of the courses were run by religious groups, um, but I think I found one in Perth that is run by a non-religious group. But it would be quite an effort to um, do the course um, and become qualified to be a hospital chaplain, but it's theoretically possible. Um, what else have we got? Uh, other major events that we were involved with, uh, well, actually it wasn't a major event, it was just a minor one, but, you know, Australia Post having stamps and, you know, custom-made stamps. We sent off a design to Australia Post saying Noosa Church of Christ picture of a Bible and a cross and those words and got the stamps back within days, approved, sent off something very similar, Noosa Temple of Satan, pentagram, just those words, and rejected by Australia Post. Um, Human Rights Commission didn't want to know anything about it. That was a minor one. And then, of course, uh, I won't go into the detail again about the um, the Home of the Arts Centre at, um, at the Gold Coast, but... That was an interesting one where the um, Lord Mayor Tate, well, Mayor Tate had his spiritual advisor banishing demons from the Home of the Arts Complex um, and also creating a prayer room that was apparently open to everybody until I tried to book it on behalf of the Satanists and then suddenly, for security reasons, it was closed to everybody from the outside. And, uh, and, and there you go, you know... Um, so they're the things that are happening. The other big one that would be good to do or help people with would be prayers in, in local council. Can't do anything about prayers in state parliament because state parliament basically writes its own rules and how it conducts itself. But councils are a different kettle of fish. It, it, there is opportunity to challenge uh, prayers in local council meetings. Um, so that's, you know, something that could be on the books for, for later on in terms of activism. So, 
So, um, so that's the things that we've done. That's the pickle that we're in at the moment. It's causing Robin to lose sleep. It's causing me to lose sleep. It's stressful. Uh, so if you can't support financially, send us a message at least offering words of comfort and support that we know people are out there and are, you know, um, behind us because it's important to, to have people give us some encouraging words because, you know, we're facing a tough time at the moment. So, um, so there you have it. Um, so it's going to be a quicker episode than normal. Uh, once again, noosatempleofsatan.org, help Robin out. Thank you to those who have already helped. And, and next week um, it'll be the panel. It'll be Joe and Shay and myself. We'll talk about news and politics and sex and religion. Um, uh, it's, I think now that the adults are in charge, um, whereas before it was just a, um, a cataloguing of a shit show every week of just the crazy absolute nonsense that was going on every week, at least now we'll be able to talk more about ideas. So that would be good to do. I think we'll be more uh, constructive that way. And, uh, and yeah, every other week we I'll try and have something special or uh, of some sort. Looking to do more interviews. Um, if you have somebody you want me to interview or talk to about a topic, send through the suggestion. And, um, and yeah, it's a quick one this time, but um, a very personal one. So thank you for tuning in and listening. And um, as soon as this is over, jump on your – I mean, it's a hard sell, isn't it? I'm really pushing this hard, but for a reason, um, we, this is important. So um, thank you to those who have supported. Thank you to those who will. Send us a message if you can't, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Leisure. Um, do a Google search on land and hard bottom. <laughs> and, and what yes, Gerald, what's that you're saying? You're doing a Google search? Well, yes, I, I know it could be me, but it's not me. Well, of course it's not me. Well, lots of people have a tattoo of a boot on the throat of the working man. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not me, Cheryl. Well, Cheryl? Cheryl, don't, no. Oh, not my John Howard commemorative shot glasses. Oh, come on now. Oh, Cheryl, Cheryl. It's not smut. It's art. It's art, Cheryl. It's, it's art. Oh, fist, glove, twelfth man, you've just made it to the top of the hard bottom shit list. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, first up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said and when you're talking to your friends say hey I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to and maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone 
and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode and really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, Is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just it'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners, and that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.